Chapter Fourteen of the Mysteries of Paris, Volume Four by Eugène Sue. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recollections. Jacques Ferrand had quickly and readily obtained the liberty of Fleur de Marie, which indeed only required a simple official order. Instructed by the Chouette of La Goualeuse being at Saint Lazare he had immediately applied to one of his clients an honourable and influential man saying that a young female who had once erred but afterwards sincerely repented being now confined in st lazare was in danger of forgetting her good resolutions in consequence of her association with the other prisoners this young girl having been added the notary strongly recommended to him by persons of high respectability who wanted to take care of her when she quitted the prison he besought his client in the name of religion virtue and the future return to goodness of a poor girl to interest himself in obtaining her liberation and further to screen himself from all chance of future consequences the notary most earnestly charged his client not to allow his name to transpire in the business on any account as he was desirous of avoiding any mention of having been employed in the furtherance of so good and charitable a work this request which was attributed to the unassuming modesty and benevolence of jacques ferrand a man equally esteemed for his piety as for honour and probity was strictly complied with the liberation of fleur-de-marie being asked and obtained in the client's name alone and by way of evincing a still greater regard for the shrinking delicacy of the notary's nature the order for quitting the prison was sent under cover to jacques ferrand that he might send it on to the parties interesting themselves for the young girl and when madame seraphin presented the order to the directors of the prison she stated herself to have been sent by the parties feeling a desire to save the young person it referred to from the favourable manner in which the matron of the prison had spoken to madame d'harville fleur de marie not a doubt existed as to its being to that lady la goualeuse was indebted for her return to freedom there was therefore no chance of the appearance of madame seraphin exciting any mistrust in the mind of her victim madame seraphin could so well assume the look and manner of what is commonly styled a nice motherly kind of person that it required a more than ordinary share of penetration to discover a strong proportion of falsehood deceit and cunning behind the smooth glance or the hypocritical smile but in spite of the hardened villainy with which she had shared so long and deeply in the nefarious practices of her employer madame seraphin old and hackneyed as she was could not view without emotion the exquisite loveliness of the being her own hand had surrendered even as a child to the cruel care of the chouette and whom she was now leading to an inevitable death well my dear cried madame seraphin speaking in a tone of honeyed sweetness as fleur-de-marie drew near i suppose you are very glad to get away from prison oh yes indeed ma'am i presume it is madame d'harville who has had the goodness to obtain my liberty for me you are not mistaken in your guess but come we are already a little behindhand and we have still some distance to go we are going to madame georges at the farm at bouqueval are we not madame cried la goualeuse oh yes certainly by all means answered the femme de charge in order to avert all suspicion from the mind of her victim yes my dear we are going into the country as you say and then added with a sort of good-humoured teasing but that is not all before you see madame georges a little surprise awaits you come come our coach is waiting below and how you will be astonished by and by come then let us go your most obedient servant gentlemen and with a multitude of bows and salutations from madame seraphin to the registrar his clerk and all the various members of the establishment then and there assembled 
she descended the stairs with la goualeuse followed by an officer to command the opening of the gates through which they had to pass the last had just closed behind them and the two females found themselves beneath the vast porch which looks out upon the street of the faubourg st denis when they nearly ran against a young female who appeared hurrying towards the prison as though full of anxiety to visit one of its inmates it was rigolette as pretty and light-footed as ever her charming face set off by a simple yet becoming cap tastefully ornamented with a cherry-coloured riband while her dark brown hair was laid in bright glossy bands down each clear and finely rounded cheek she was wrapped in a plaid shawl over which fell a snowy muslin collar secured by a small knot of riband on her arm she carried a straw basket while thanks to her light careful way of picking her steps her thick-soled boots were scarcely soiled and yet the poor girl had walked far that day rigolette exclaimed fleur-de-marie as she recognized her old prison companion and the sharer in her rural excursions note seven the reader will perhaps recollect that in the recital made by la goualeuse to rodolph at their first meeting at the ogress's of the early events of her life she spoke to him of rigolette who a friendless child like herself had been with her confined in a maison de détention until she had reached the age of sixteen la goualeuse returned the grisette and with one accord the two girls threw themselves into each other's arms nothing more touchingly beautiful could be imagined than the contrast between these two young creatures both so lovely though differing so entirely from one another in appearance the one exquisitely fair with large melancholy blue eyes and an outline of feature of faultless purity the pale pensive intellectual cast of the whole countenance reminding the observer of one of those sweet designs of a village made by greuze the same clear delicacy of complexion the same ineffable mixture of graceful pensiveness and candid innocence the other a sparkling brunette with round rosy cheeks and bright black eyes set off by a laughing dimpled face and mirthful air the very impersonation of youthful gaiety and light-heartedness the rare and touching specimen of happy poverty of contented labour and honest industry after the first burst of their affectionate greetings had passed away the two girls regarded each other with close and tender scrutiny the features of rigolette were radiant with the joy she experienced at this unexpected meeting fleur-de-marie on the contrary felt humbled and confused at the sight of her early friend which recalled but too vividly to her mind the few days of peaceful calm she had known previous to her first degradation dear dear goualeuse exclaimed the grisette fixing her bright eyes with intense delight on her companion to think of meeting you at last after so long an absence it is indeed a delightful surprise replied fleur-de-marie it is so very long since we have seen each other ah but now said rigolette for the first time remarking the rustic habilement of la goualeuse i can account for seeing nothing of you during the last six months you live in the country i see yes answered fleur-de-marie casting down her eyes i have done so for some time past and i suppose that like me you have come to see some friend in this prison yes stammered poor fleur-de-marie blushing up to her eyes with shame and confusion i was going i mean i have just been seeing some one and of course am now returning home you live a good way out of paris i dare say ah you dear kind girl it is just like you to come all this distance to perform a good action 
do you remember the poor lying-in woman to whom you gave not only your mattress with the necessary baby clothes but even what money you had left and which you meant to have spent in a country excursion for you were then crazy for the country my pretty village maid and you who cared nothing about it how very good-natured and obliging of you to go thither merely for the sake of pleasing me well but i pleased myself at the same time why you who were always inclined to be grave and serious when once you got among the fields or found yourself in the thick shade of a wood oh then what a wild overjoyed little madcap you became nobody would have fancied it in the same person flying after butterflies crowding your hands and apron with more flowers than either could hold it made me quite delighted to see you it was quite treat enough for a week to recollect all your happiness and enjoyment but do let me have another look at you how sweetly pretty you look in that nice little round cap yes decidedly you were cut out to be a country girl just as much as i was to be a paris grisette well i hope you are happy since you have got the sort of line you prefer and certainly after all i cannot say i was so very much astonished at your never coming near me oh said i that dear goualeuse is not suited for paris she is a true wild flower as the song says and the air of great cities is not for them so said i my pretty dear goualeuse has found a place in some good honest family who live in the country and i was right was i not dear yes said fleur de marie nearly sinking with confusion quite right there is only one thing i have to reproach you for reproach me inquired fleur de marie looking tearfully at her companion yes you ought to have let me know before you went you should have said good-bye if you were only leaving me at night to return in the morning or at any rate you should have sent me word how you were going on i-i quitted paris so suddenly stammered out fleur de marie becoming momentarily more and more embarrassed that indeed i was not able oh i'm not at all angry i don't speak of it to scold you i am far too happy in meeting you unexpectedly and besides i commend you for getting out of such a dangerous place as paris where it is so difficult to earn a quiet livelihood for you know two poor friendless girls like you and me might be led into mischief without thinking of or intending any harm when there is no person to advise it leaves one so very defenceless and then come a parcel of deceitful flattering men with their false promises when perhaps want and misery are staring you in the face there for instance do you recollect that pretty girl called julie and rosine who had such a beautiful fair skin and such coal-black eyes oh yes i recollect them very well then my dear goualeuse you will be extremely sorry to hear that they were both led astray seduced and deserted till at last from one unfortunate step to another they have become like the miserable creatures confined in this prison merciful heaven exclaimed fleur de marie hanging down her head and blushing the deep blush of shame rigolette misinterpreting the real cause of her friend's exclamation continued i admit that their conduct is wrong nay wicked but then you know my dear goualeuse because you and i have been so fortunate as to preserve ourselves from harm you because you have been living with good and virtuous people in the country out of the reach of temptation and i because i had no time to waste in listening to a set of make-believe lovers and also because i found greater pleasure in having a few birds and in trying to get things a little comfortable and snug around me i say 
it is not for you and me to be too severe with others and god alone knows whether opportunity deceit and destitution may not have had as much to do in causing the misery and disgrace of julie and rosine and who can say whether in their place we might not have acted as they have done alas cried fleur de marie i accuse them not on the contrary i pity them from my heart come come my dear child interrupted madame seraphin impatiently offering her arm to her victim you forget that i said we were already behind our time pray madame grant us a little more time said rigolette it is so very long since i saw my dear goualeuse i should be glad to do so replied madame seraphin much annoyed at this meeting between the two friends but it is now three o'clock and we have a long way to go however i will manage to allow you ten minutes longer gossip so pray make the best of your time and tell me i pray of yourself said fleur de marie affectionately pressing the hands of rigolette between her own are you still the same merry light-hearted and happy creature i always knew you i was happy and gay enough a few days ago but now you sorrowful i can hardly believe it ah oh, but indeed i am not that i am at all changed from what you always found me a regular roger bontemps one to whom nothing was a trouble but then you see everybody is not like me so that when i see those i love unhappy why naturally that makes me unhappy too still the same kind warm-hearted girl why who could help being grieved as i am just imagine my having come hither to visit a poor young creature a sort of neighbouring lodger in the house where i live as meek and mild as a lamb she was poor thing well she has been most shamefully and unjustly accused that she has never mind of what just now her name is louise morel she is the daughter of an honest and deserving man a lapidary who has gone mad in consequence of her being put in prison at the name of louise morel one of the victims of the notary's villainy madame seraphin started and gazed earnestly at rigolette the features of the grisette were however perfectly unknown to her nevertheless from that instant the femme de charge listened with an attentive ear to the conversation of the two girls poor thing continued the goualeuse how happy it must make her to find that you have not forgotten her and her misfortunes and that is not all it really seems as though some spell hung over me but truly and positively this is the second poor prisoner i have left my home to-day to visit i have come a long way and also from a prison but that was a place of confinement for men you rigolette in a prison for men yes i have indeed i have a very dejected customer there i can assure you there you see my basket it is divided in two parts and each of my poor friends has an equal share in its contents i have got some clean things here for poor louise and i have left a similar packet with germain that is the name of my other poor captive i cannot help feeling ready to cry when i think of our last interview i know it will do no good but still for all that the tears will come into my eyes but what is it that distresses you so much why because you see poor germain frets so much at being mixed up in his prison with the many bad characters that are there that it has quite broken his spirits he seems to have no taste no relish for anything has quite lost his appetite and is wasting away daily so when i perceived the change i said to myself oh poor fellow i see he eats nothing i must make him something nice and delicate to tempt his appetite a little 
he shall have one of those little dainties he used to be so fond of when he and i were next-room neighbours when i say dainties of course i don't mean such as rich people expect by that name no no my dish was merely some beautiful mealy potatoes mashed with a little milk and sugar well my dear goualeuse i prepared this for him put it in a nice little china basin and took it to him in his prison telling him i had brought him a little tidbit he used once to be fond of and which i hoped he would like as well as in former days i told him i had prepared it entirely myself hoping to make him relish it but alas no what do you think oh what why instead of increasing his appetite i only set him crying for when i displayed my poor attempts at cookery he seemed to take no notice of anything but the basin out of which he had been accustomed to see me take my milk when we supped together and then he burst into tears and by way of making matters still better i began to cry too although i tried all i could to restrain myself you see how everything went against me i had gone with the intention of enlivening his spirits and instead of that there i was making him more melancholy than ever still the tears he shed were no doubt sweet and consoling tears oh never mind what sort of tears they were that was not the way i meant to have consoled him but la all this while i am talking to you of germain as if you knew him he is an old acquaintance of mine one of the best young men in the world as timid and gentle as any young girl could be and whom i loved as a friend and a brother oh then of course his troubles became yours also to be sure but just let me show you what a good heart he must have when i was coming away i asked him as usual what orders he had for me saying jokingly by way of making him smile that i was his little housekeeper and that i should be very punctual and exact in fulfilling whatever commissions he gave me in order to remain in his employ so then he trying to smile in his turn asked me to bring him one of walter scott's romances which he had formerly read to me while i worked that romance was called ivan ivanhoe that's it i was so much amused with this book that germain read it twice over to me poor germain how very very kind and attentive he was i suppose he wished to keep it as a reminiscence of bygone days no doubt of it for he bade me to go to the library from whence we had had it and to purchase the very same volumes that had so much entertained us and which we had read together not merely to hire them yes positively to buy them out and out and you may imagine that was something of a sacrifice for him for he is no richer than you or i he must have a noble and excellent heart to have thought of it said the goualeuse deeply touched i declare you are as much affected by it as i was my dear kind goualeuse but then you see the more i felt ready to cry the more i tried to laugh for to shed tears twice during a visit intended to be so very cheering and enlivening as mine was was rather too bad so to drive all those thoughts out of my head i began to remind him of the amusing story of a jew a person we read about in the romance i was telling you of but the more i rattled away and the greater nonsense i tried to talk the faster the large round tears gathered in his eyes and he kept looking at me with such an expression of misery as quite broke my heart and so and so at last my voice quite failed me and i could do nothing but mingle my sobs with his he had not regained his composure when i left him and i felt quite provoked with myself for my folly if that is the way said i 
that i comfort and cheer up poor germain i think i had better stay away really when i remember all the fine things i intended to have said and done by way of keeping up his spirits i feel quite spiteful towards myself for having so completely failed at the name of germain another victim of the notary's unprincipled persecution madame seraphin redoubled her before close attention and what has this poor young man done to deserve being put in prison inquired fleur-de-marie what has he done exclaimed rigolette whose grief became swallowed up in indignation why he has had the misfortune to fall into the hands of a wicked old notary the same as persecutes poor louise of her whom you have come to see to be sure she lived as a servant with this notary and germain was also with him as a cashier it is too long a story to tell you now how or of what he unjustly accuses the poor fellow but one thing is quite certain and that is that the wretch of a notary pursues these two unfortunate beings who have never done him the least harm with the most determined malice and hatred however never mind a little patience every one in their turn that's all rigolette uttered these last words with a peculiarity of manner and expression that created considerable uneasiness in the mind of madame seraphin instead therefore of preserving the distance she had hitherto observed she at once joined in the conversation saying to fleur-de-marie with a kind of maternal air my dear girl it is really growing too late for us to wait any longer we must go we are waited for i assure you with much anxiety i am sorry to hurry you away because i can well imagine how much you must be interested in what your friend is relating for even i who know nothing of the two young persons she refers to cannot help feeling my very heartache for their undeserved sufferings is it possible there can be people in the world as wicked as the notary you were mentioning pray my dear mademoiselle what may be the name of this bad man if i may be so bold as to ask although rigolette entertained not the slightest suspicion of the sincerity of madame seraphin's affected sympathy yet recollecting how strictly rodolph had enjoined her to observe the utmost secrecy respecting the protection he bestowed on both germain and louise she regretted having been led away by her affectionate zeal for her friends to use such words patience every one has his turn his name madame is ferrand Monsieur jacques ferrand notary replied rigolette skilfully adding by way of compensation for her indiscreet warmth and it is the more wicked and shameful of him to torment louise and germain as he does because the poor things have not a friend upon earth but myself and god knows it is little i can do besides wishing them well out of their troubles dear me poor things observed madame seraphin well i am sure i hoped it was otherwise when i heard you say patience every one has their turn i supposed you reckoned for certain upon some powerful protector to defend these people against that dreadful notary alas no madame answered rigolette hoping to destroy any suspicion madame seraphin might still harbour such i am sorry to say is not the case for who would be generous and disinterested enough to take the part of two poor creatures like my unfortunate friends against a rich and powerful man like m ferrand oh there are many good and noble-minded persons capable of performing so good an action pursued fleur-de-marie after a moment's consideration and with ill-restrained excitement i myself know one to whom it is equally a duty and a pleasure to succour and assist all who are in need or difficulty one who is beloved and valued by all good persons as he is dreaded and hated by the bad rigolette gazed at the goualeuse with deep astonishment and was just on the point of asserting that she too alluding to rodolph 
knew someone capable of courageously espousing the cause of the weak against the strong but faithful to the injunctions of her neighbour as she styled the prince she contented herself with merely saying really do you indeed know anybody capable of generously coming forward in defence of poor oppressed individuals such as we have been talking of indeed i do and although i have already to solicit his goodness in favour of others also in severe trouble yet i am quite sure that did he but know of the undeserved misfortunes of louise and germain he would both rescue them from misery and punish their wicked persecutor for his goodness and justice are inexhaustible madame seraphin surveyed her victim with surprise this girl she said mentally might be even more dangerous than we thought for and even if i had been weak enough to feel inclined to pity her what i have just heard would have rendered the little accident which is to rid us of her quite inevitable then dear goualeuse since you have so valuable an acquaintance i beseech of you to recommend poor louise and germain to his notice said rigolette wisely considering that her two protégés would be all the better for obtaining two protectors instead of one and pray say that they do not in the least deserve their present wretched fate make yourself perfectly easy returned fleur de marie i promise to try to interest m rodolph in favour of your poor friends who did you say exclaimed rigolette m rodolph yes replied la goualeuse do you know him m rodolph again repeated rigolette perfectly bewildered is he a travelling clerk i really don't know what he is but why are you so much astonished because i know a m rodolph perhaps it is not the same well describe yours what is he like in the first place he is young so is mine with a countenance full of nobleness and goodness precisely exclaimed rigolette whose amazement increased oh it must be the very man is your monsieur rodolph rather dark complexioned with a small moustache yes yes is he tall and thin with a beautiful figure and quite a fashionable gentlemanly sort of air wonderfully so considering he is but a clerk now then does your monsieur rodolph answer to that description perfectly answered fleur de marie and i feel quite sure that we both mean the same the only thing that puzzles me is your fancying he is a clerk oh but i know he is he told me so himself and you know him intimately why he is my next-door neighbour monsieur rodolph is i mean next-room neighbour because he occupies an apartment on the fourth floor next to mine he monsieur rodolph lodges in the next room to you why yes but what do you find so astonishing in a thing as simple as that he only earns about fifteen or eighteen hundred francs a year and of course he could not afford a more expensive lodging though certainly he does not strike me as being a very careful or economical person for bless his dear heart he actually does not know the price of the clothes he wears no no it cannot be the same monsieur rodolph i am acquainted with said fleur de marie reflecting seriously oh no quite impossible i suppose yours is a pattern of order and exactness he of whom i spoke i must tell you rigolette said fleur de marie with enthusiasm is all-powerful his name is never pronounced but with love and veneration there is something awe-inspiring in his very aspect giving one the desire to kneel in his presence and offer humble respect to his goodness and greatness and then it is no use trying the comparison any further my dear goualeuse for my monsieur rodolph is neither powerful great nor imposing he is very good-natured and merry and all that but oh bless you 
as for being a person one would be likely to go on one's knees to why he is quite the reverse he cares no more for ceremony than i do and even promised me to come and help me clean my apartment and polish the floor and then instead of being awe-inspiring he settled with me to take me out of a sunday anywhere i like to go so that you see he can't be a very great person but bless you what am i thinking of it seems as if my heart were wholly engrossed by my sunday pleasures instead of recollecting these poor creatures shut up and deprived of their liberty in a prison ah poor dear louise and poor germain too until they are restored to freedom there is no happiness for me for several minutes fleur de marie remained plunged in a deep reverie she all at once recalled to her remembrance that at her first interview with rodolph at the house of the ogress his language and manners resembled those of the usual frequenters of the tapis franc was it not then possible that he might be playing the part of the travelling clerk for the sake of some scheme he had in view the difficulty consisted in finding any probable cause for such a transformation the grisette who quickly perceived the thoughtful meditation in which fleur de marie was lost said kindly never mind puzzling your poor brains on the subject my dear goualeuse we shall soon find out whether we both know the same monsieur rodolph when you see yours speak of me to him when i see mine i will mention you by these means we shall easily discover what conclusion to come to where do you live rigolette number seventeen rue du temple come said madame seraphin who had attentively listened to all this conversation to herself that is not a bad thing to know this all-powerful and mysterious personage monsieur rodolph who is no doubt passing himself off for a travelling clerk occupies an apartment adjoining that of this young mantua-maker who appears to me to know more than she chooses to own to and this defender of the oppressed it seems is lodging in the same house with morel and bradamanti well well if the grisette and the travelling clerk continue to meddle with what does not concern them i shall know where to lay my hand upon them as soon as ever i have spoken with m rodolph said the goualeuse i will write to you and give you my address where to send your answer but tell me yours over again i am afraid of forgetting it oh dear how fortunate i declare i have got one of my cards with me i remember a person i work for asked me to leave her one to give a friend who wished to employ me so i brought it out for that purpose but i will give it to you and carry her one another time and here rigolette handed to fleur de marie a small card on which was written in beautiful text hand mademoiselle rigolette dressmaker seventeen rue du temple there's a beauty continued the grisette oh isn't it nicely done better a good deal than printing ah poor dear germain wrote me a number of cards long ago oh he was so kind so attentive i don't know how it could have happened that i never found out half his good qualities till he became unfortunate and now i continually reproach myself with having learned to love him so late you love germain then oh yes that i do why you know i must have some pretext for visiting him in prison am i not an odd sort of girl said rigolette choking a rising sigh and smiling like an april shower amid the tears which glittered in her large dark eyes you are good and generous-hearted as you ever were said fleur de marie tenderly pressing her friend's hands within her own madame seraphin had evidently learned all she cared to know and feeling very little interest in any further disclosure of rigolette's love for young germain hastily approaching fleur de marie she abruptly said come my dear child 
do not keep me waiting another minute i beg it is very late and i shall be scolded as it is for being so much behind my time we have trifled away a good quarter of an hour and must endeavour to make up for it what a nasty cross old body that is said rigolette in a whisper to fleur-de-marie i don't like the looks of her at all then speaking in a louder voice she added whenever you come to paris my dear goualeuse be sure to come and see me i should be so delighted to have you all to myself for a whole day to show you my little home and my birds for i have got some such sweet pretty ones oh that is my chief indulgence and expense i will try to come and see you but certainly i will write you so good-bye my dear dear rigolette adieu oh if you only knew how happy i feel at having met with you again and i am sure so do i but i trust we shall soon see each other again and besides i am so impatient to know whether your m rodolph is the same as mine pray write to me very soon upon this subject will you promise you will indeed i will adieu dear rigolette farewell my very dear goualeuse and again the two poor girls each striving to conceal their distress at parting indulged in a long and affectionate embrace rigolette then turned away to enter the prison for the purpose of visiting louise according to the kind permission obtained for her by rodolph while fleur-de-marie with madame seraphin got into the coach which was waiting for them the coachman was instructed to proceed to batignolles and to stop at the barrier a cross-road of inconsiderable length conducted from this spot almost directly to the borders of the seine not far from the Ile du ravageur wholly unacquainted with the locality of paris fleur-de-marie was unable to detect that the vehicle did not take the road to the barrier saint-denis it was only when the coach stopped at batignolles and she was requested by madame seraphin to alight that she said it seems to me madame that we are not in the road to bouqueval and how shall we be able to walk from hence to the farm all that i can tell you my dear child answered the femme de charge kindly is that i am obeying their orders given me by your benefactors and that you will pain them greatly if you keep your friends waiting oh not for worlds would i be so presuming and ungrateful as to oppose their slightest wish exclaimed poor fleur-de-marie with kindly warmth and i beseech you madame to pardon my seeming hesitation but since you plead the commands of my revered protectors depend upon my following you blindly and silently whatsoever you are pleased to take me only tell me is madame georges quite well oh in most excellent health and spirits and monsieur rodolph perfectly well also then you know him but madame when i was speaking to rigolette concerning him just now you did not seem to be acquainted with him at least you did not say so because in pursuance with the directions given me i affected to be ignorant of the person you alluded to and did monsieur rodolph himself give you those orders why what a dear curious little thing this is said the femme de charge smilingly i must mind what i am about or with her innocent ways of putting questions she will find out all my secrets indeed madame i am ashamed of being so inquisitive but if you could only imagine how my heart beats with joy at the bare thoughts of seeing my beloved friends again you would pardon me but as we have only to walk on to the place whither you are taking me i shall soon be able to gratify my wishes without tormenting you by further inquiries to be sure you will my dear for i promise you that in a quarter of an hour we shall have reached the end of our journey the femme de charge having now left behind the last houses in the village of batignolles conducted fleur-de-marie across a grassy road bordered on each side by lofty walnut-trees 
the day was warm and fine the sky half covered by the rich purple clouds of the setting sun which now cast its declining rays on the heights of the colombe situated on the other side of the seine as fleur-de-marie approached the banks of the river a delicate bloom tinged her pale cheeks and she seemed to breathe with delight the pure fresh air that blew from the country indeed so strongly was the look of happiness imprinted on her countenance that even madame seraphin could not avoid noticing it you seem full of joy my dear child i declare it is quite a pleasure to see you oh yes indeed i am overflowing with gratitude and eagerness at the thoughts of seeing my dear madame georges so soon and perhaps too monsieur rodolphe i trust i may for besides my own happiness at beholding him i want to speak to him in favour of several poor unfortunate persons i should be so glad to recommend to his kindness and protection how then can i be sad when i have so many delightful things to look forward to oh who could be unhappy with such a prospect as mine and see too how gay and beautiful the sky is all covered with bright golden clouds and the dear soft green grass i think it seems greener than ever spite of the season and look look out there see where the river flows behind those willow trees oh how wide and sparkling it seems and when the sun shines on it it almost dazzles my eyes to gaze on it it seems like a sheet of gold ah i saw it shining in the same way in the basin of the prison a little while ago god does not forget even the poor prisoners but allows them to have a sight of his wondrous works though they are separated by high stone walls from their fellow-creatures the glorious sun shows them his golden face and sparkles and glitters upon the water there the same as in the gardens of a king added fleur-de-marie with pious gratitude then incited by a reference to her captivity still more to appreciate the charms of liberty she exclaimed with a burst of innocent delight oh pray madame do look there just in the middle of the river at that pretty little island bordered with willows and poplars and that sweet little white house almost close to the water's edge how delicious it must be to live there in the summer when all the leaves are on the trees and the birds sing so sweetly among the branches oh how quiet and cool it must be in that nice place well really now my dear said madame seraphin with a grim smile it is singular enough your being so much struck with that little isle why madame because it is there we are actually going to going to that island yes does that astonish you rather so madame but suppose you found your friends there oh what do you mean suppose i say you found all your friends had assembled there to welcome you on your release from prison should you not then be greatly surprised oh if it were but possible my dear madame georges monsieur rodolphe upon my word dear i am just like a baby in your hands and you turn and twist me just as you please it is useless for me to try to conceal anything for with your little winning ways you find out all secrets then i shall soon see them again dear madame how can i ever thank you sufficiently for your goodness to a poor girl like me feel how my heart beats it is all with joy and happiness well well my love be as wild with delight as you please but pray do not hurry on so very fast you forget you little mad thing that my old bones cannot run as fast as your nimble young feet i beg your pardon madame but i cannot help being quite impatient to arrive where we are going to be sure you cannot don't fancy i mean to blame you for it 
quite the contrary the road slopes a little now madame and it is rather rough too will you accept of my arm to assist you down i never refuse a good offer my dear for i am somewhat infirm as well as old while you are young and active then pray lean all your weight on me madame don't be afraid of tiring me many thanks my child your help was really very serviceable for the descent is so extremely rapid just here now then we are once more on smooth level ground oh madame can it indeed be true that i am about to meet my dear madame georges i can scarcely persuade myself it is a reality a little patience another quarter of an hour and then you will see whether it is true or false but what puzzles me said fleur-de-marie after a moment's reflection is why madame georges should have thought proper to meet me here instead of at the farm still curious my dear child still wanting to know everybody's reasons how very foolish and unreasonable i am am i not madame said fleur-de-marie smiling and by way of punishing you i have a great mind to tell you what the surprise is that your friends have prepared for you for me madame a surprise be quiet you little chatterbox you will make me reveal the secret in spite of myself we shall now leave madame seraphin and her victim proceeding along the road which led to the river's side while we precede them by a few minutes to the île du ravageur end of chapter fourteen read by celine major